On February 20th, 2003, Patrolman Jeremy Carruth and Patrolman First Class David Erznak, members of the Alexandria Police Department Special Response Team in Louisiana, attempted to arrest a wanted suspect for ambushing an officer the day prior. During the attempt, the suspect opened fire, fatally wounding officers Carruth and Erznak, and wounding three other officers. For many of us, we can only imagine the pain of losing a loved one in the line of duty. But for one mother, two decades later, she is determined more than ever to honor their memories. Today we're joined by Pat Carruth, surviving mother of Officer Jeremy J. Carruth. After having her life flipped upside down, in her role as National President of Concerns of Police Survivors, Miss Pat has made it her mission to help other surviving families march on. I am Patrick Yeos, National President of Fraternal Order Police. This is The Blue View. Pat, thanks for joining us at, uh, on The Blue View. You and I have a history that goes back a couple of decades. Yeah. Uh, very, very dear friends, but our, our viewers and our listeners uh, may not know who you are. So tell us a little bit about yourself. For those of you who don't know who I am, that I am the National President for Concerns of Police Survivors. I am married to a most incredible man, Charles Carruth. We have four children. One resides in heaven, and we will see him again one day. Three daughters, Amy, Carrie, and Stacy. We have 16 grandchildren, 30 great-grandchildren, and two great-great-grandchildren. Jeez, that's, uh, that's, we have that's, a gang. I, no, no doubt, no doubt. So, Pat, uh, you know, just uh, uh, life stories. You know, and you've got one of them that's uh, you know, it's filled with tragedy, but also uh, turned it into some inspiration as well. So why don't we just go back 20 years ago and let's just talk about that, that day that forever changed your life. Yep. 20 years ago, February the 20th, 2003, that um, it was a pretty normal day for me waking up that morning that got my daughter off to her class and... I'm just hanging out home drinking coffee, and I get a call from my son that they're waiting for a warrant, that um, for the judge to sign a warrant, and he decided to call. I'm so thankful for that call that uh, we talked for a little while, and their warrant came in, and their SWAT team was getting ready to go out to serve this warrant. He said, okay, Mom, my warrant's here. I'll see you at lunch. We were going to lunch that day. I'll see you at lunch, and I love you. And I was able to tell him, I love you. I'll see you at lunch. I'll be praying for you guys. That's the last time I heard his voice. That um, A couple of hours later, a friend called me and said they had heard some gunshots over in the neighborhood and asked if Jay was working. I said, yeah, he's, he's working today. He was off for two weeks because he was getting ready to be activated with the National Guard again. And we had spent that whole two weeks shopping and doing things, lunch, all kinds of things. It was a gift. It was a gift. And um, we were able to do a lot of stuff. And he went in for that call, for the SWAT call. He went in. That uh, I wouldn't expect him not to go in. That's, that's what he was all about. He loved what he did. I... I understand why he took the call, but um, that after a little while of um, of waiting, thinking maybe that call was going to come for lunch, um, I heard news that an officer was shot and was on his way to the hospital. I didn't own that incident because I knew it wasn't mine, and I was moving on. 
I got in my car and I drove into town. I was going over to Jay's house because we were going to lunch. And um, as I got closer to his house, he was about six blocks from where this incident was. Uh, The streets were blocked off. So I turned and went on to the house. And as I got out of the car at his house, I could hear the gunshots. That what I didn't know then was that that was the suppression, the suppression shots that they were using to get, try to um, get the officer off the ground. And um, that I didn't know that, but it makes sense to me now that um, I hung out there at the house for a little while and um, decided to call the department and see, because I knew an officer, an officer had been shot. I decided I'd call to see if I could help in any way. And when I called um, the lady, and I knew the academy number, I called there, and she um, she started crying when I told her who I was. And I was like, okay. And she says, I'm going to transfer you to the uh, chief's office. So the chief secretary answered, and I told her who I was. And I was calling to see if I could help. And she started crying. And I'm I understand it was a pretty emotional day. It was really a tough day. And she transferred me to the chief, and the chief said that uh, I needed to stay right where I was. They were going to send a car. And I had never been through anything like that before. I had no idea why they were sending a car other than to get us all together so we could be together while all this was going on. So um, I waited for the car. And uh, Sergeant June Murdoch showed up. And uh, she took us inside. The shooting was still going on. And she took us inside. Of course, my daughter turned on the TV, and there were video clips playing on TV of them training. It wasn't live. And June was standing in front of the TV to keep us from watching. And then she got a phone call, and she went out of the room, took her call, and she came back. And I'm like, do you have any news? What's going on? And she said, we're going to go to the hospital. I still didn't on it 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 wasn't mine (laughs) you know and um we left to go to the hospital we're driving over there and something hit me i was just like oh goodness this is not good you know just like had a moment to think about it Um, we get to the hospital and there's so many people there and up on a ledge at the back of the hospital was one of our very good friends, uh, one of the state troopers, and one of Jay's best friends from school, and he was a police officer too. And as I was getting out of the car, I turned my head and I looked toward them, and the trooper's head went down. And I was like, okay, something's not good here. And all these people crowded around me, uh, hyperventilated, passed out. They thought I was having a heart attack. That um, took me in, checked me out. Um, hung out there for a little while, them waiting for me to get to a place where they could come in and tell me what they needed to tell me. I still didn't know anything. And um, eventually my daughter came in and told me that Jay did not make it. Yeah. Uh, it's such a tragic day, you know, being a, a Louisiana law enforcement officer at that same time. I remember that day. I remember yeah. it very well. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, you know, several hours away, but uh, just, you know, just, you know. A large law enforcement family. We all, we all felt it. Yes. Um, so I know that, uh, you know, Jay wasn't alone. David Erzanak was with him as well. Yes. And uh, there several other officers were shot, but uh, both Jay and David didn't make it. Um, it's what a 
I can only imagine, you know, the emotions that, 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 you know, one would go through not, not only family, but a community, everybody was hurting, uh, during that time. Um, talk about the days that after that, I, you know, how did you, how did you cope with it? I did the community rally behind you. You just, uh, you know, it's kind of, how did it unfold over the next few days of support? Yeah, the community was there for us. Um, Alexander Police Department, Rapids Parish Sheriff Department, Pineville Police Department, they were all there for us. But you'd be happy to know, and you know this, that the FOP was there for us yeah. also. There were several members of the Fraternal Order of Police that really took care yeah. of us, our whole family. And um, from, you know, eating lunch with them, I didn't want to eat lunch. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to even go out of the house, but they yeah. said if I didn't go out with them, they were going to come in and get me. And I'm like, okay, these guys know how to go in a house and get somebody. I better go with them, you know. Yeah. So um, they they really made sure that I took care of myself, and I'm thankful for that today. Yeah. And I encourage other people to take care of themselves now because of what these guys did for me. Yeah. That they were they were incredible. They really were. So Jeremy was a National Guard. He was law enforcement. He obviously had a servant's heart. Tell us a little bit about Jeremy. That um, from a kid, Jay was a servant. He yeah. was, I thought he was going to be a preacher. <laughs> I really did. His grandfather was. And who knew, you know, preacher, policeman, whatever, you yeah. know, it was, it's all good. But um, through school, he is just a great kid. So many friends, you know, hanging out with all his friends. He was that kid that you could say, hey, I love you, getting out of the car. And he'd turn around and say, I love you too, Mom. You know, he was just that kid that always yeah. was happy to have his parents around, no matter what the group was. It, he was he was just special in that way. Yeah. That um he lived he lived life really fast. And I guess he had to to yeah. to die at twenty nine years old that he he really had a full life. Um, had the opportunity to um, go in the National Guard, and he won some awards for fitness, and he was an incredible runner. He was fast. He still holds the award at Fort Leonard Wood that no one's beat his time yet. And um, was married and had two beautiful little girls, Margo and Noel. And um, it was a great life. I think he had a great life, a really good life. You know, Pat, you were quoted as saying that it's like Jay's dying taught you how to live. He did. What did you mean by that? That he, he lived life to the fullest, and no matter what, he was that, that person that would come over and, and say, hey, Mom, you want to do this? And if I were to say, no, I don't want to do that right now, he's like, Mom, you're going to sit on the porch, you're going to get out here and do this. And, you know, it didn't matter if it was a game, it didn't matter if it was an event, if it was someplace that we just needed to go talk to somebody or um, he needed some support for something. It was, it was always, he was moving and shaking all the time, doing something, helping somebody. And I realized later that, you know, I had really pretty much taught him that. And if you've lived long enough, and I have, that um, I realized we teach our children things. And then they turn around and they play it on us. You know, and he would do that. You know, you forget. You taught them. Well, I taught him that, you know, and turn around and they use it on you when you get older. And it's pretty, pretty cool the way that happens. Yeah. You know, grandchildren do it too. Well, I mean, obviously you had a, you know, you talk about a safe servant heart. Well, I know where you got it from. 
Uh, and all we have to do is just look at you and just uh, what you do. Uh, just uh, inspiration to so many people. Um, you took this tragedy and turned it into to a strength. And, uh, and it helped so many people uh, just cope. You know, it just blue family and, and personal family of, of, of those who've lost loved ones. Yeah. Talk about that. Uh, you know, just that, that inspiration. What, you know, there's purpose that you have. And, and, and how does it make you feel to, 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 you know, to fill this role and help others find, find light in the, in the darkness? I really didn't know if I was going to be able to move through losing Jay. I really, I really didn't. I didn't know if... I could pull myself out of that, and I kept having to remind myself that uh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I had to remind myself over and over. I actually had to choose the joy of the Lord is my strength, and because if I didn't, I was going to have sadness and depression, and I was not going to get anywhere that way. And I think just self-talk doing that, and then connecting with the people that were in my pathway. Some of the incredible people from COPS that um, showed up at my door, you know, and would sit and talk. And, you know, we had to call each other on the phone. We didn't have social media then. You actually had to dial a number and talk. You actually had to talk to people? Yeah, you had to talk to people, (laughs) you know. You had to hear their voice. Interesting concept. Yeah, and it works really well. (laughs) People should try that again. But these people were so good to me and to get me to the places that I needed to be talking to the counselors that I needed to talk to. I was having panic attacks. I was just um, having a really hard time. Even though I was taken care of, it still things would just overcome you and they'd overcome you at at times that you weren't expecting it to. That uh, I think self-talk, being around the people that are, that I was around, the COPS organization especially, Parents Retreat, going yeah. to Parents Retreat, that um, did me a lot, a lot of good. Yeah, talking with people who who truly understand because they're fighting the same struggles. They knew exactly where I was. Yeah. They knew yeah. how I felt. Just their relationships were a little yeah. bit different, you know, that um, – we, we can all experience the same thing, but if our relationships are different yeah. you know, with your children, that some people spend more time than others, yeah. and um, that it worked for me. The, yeah. the programs work, <laughs> that's yeah. for sure. We're going to be here at Police Week again, uh, 20 years since you were here, uh, you know, 19 years or so since yeah. you were here uh, when where Jay was, was honored. Um, Take us back those nineteen years. You came here to Police Week as a as a as a mother of a of a of a son who was killed in a line of duty, and, and talk about those emotions that you had coming and and what comfort you found uh, coming to Washington, being around others in the same situation, and in uh, the honor that was given to to Jay. Yeah, um, because I went to parents retreat in the October before I went to Police Week. I had met a lot of the parents and had a pretty good network of people to talk to. And when I got to police week, of course I had met Susie Sawyer and several other people and all. And I got to police week and they were at our hotel. Um, That uh, our planning for police week, it was, we brought the SWAT team with us and their, 
and their wives and the Ezernak family, our family. It was a pretty big crowd. I think there was like 40 of us on a plane, and I was like, God help someone who does something wrong on this plane. <laughs> I remember it well. I remember it well. And um, yeah. that when we got there, oh, I was so overtaken by getting off the plane and the honor guard outside the door. I was just like, oh, I don't even want to go off this plane. It's like, this is too much already. What's the rest of the week yeah. going to be like? And um, got off the plane. They took care of us, got us down, got us to our hotel, and um, saw some people there that were pretty familiar and had some conversations, felt pretty relaxed about that. And um, we started our week of doing stuff with cops for National Police Week. Did the candlelight vigil. And um, it was it was really sad, you know. Although it was so much honor, there was so much sadness, too. And, and just looking around at how many people were experiencing what I was experiencing. And I was noticing the law enforcement officers. And, you know, ours were tending so much to us. And they were right there the whole time. That uh, that it it was just so many people, so many people. But when we got to the memorial service, yeah, and um, you know we were the guest of honors in the white chairs out front there, and we're about midways back. It was a really really hot day, so hot that day, and um, it seemed like the ceremony went on forever. Uh, We were pouring water on our feet. We were putting water in the grass. The grass was really nice, putting our feet down the grass, trying to cool off. Had our umbrellas over us and everything. And, you know, then it came time for us to go put our flower in the reef. And Jay and Kim had divorced, and we were pretty much not talking to each other. It was a hard time, really hard time. And we're both sitting there on the grounds together. And it was a time where, oh, she knew that um, Noelle needed to put this flower in the wreath for her daddy. And she hadn't talked to me in months, and she turned around and she looked at me at the back of that walkway at that memorial service, and she said, Miss Pat, if you want to walk with her, go walk with her. And I'm like, I just really want a picture of Noelle putting that flower in the wreath. And Noelle's like, I don't know if I can do that, you know, by myself. And I'm like, you can do this. Come on, let's go. And we walked down, and Noelle stuck that flower in that wreath. And you would think that, you know, she had won a marathon, that she turned around with this look on her face of, I did it, you know. And then we got to walk across over to this man standing there with some medals. Who could that be? That could be Mr. Pat Yose. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that day. Yeah. And um, we're so honored that, you know, how much time you took talking to us, that it was really, really special. That um, noticing all the families out there, that was a lot of people. Yeah. And um, going back to our seats and sitting and waiting for that flyover and to wave our blue ribbon in the air, you know, like I've done so many times since then, that... um, I knew after that ceremony that this was way more than I had even expected, and I wanted to be a part of this in my future. I well, knew that. Well, we're sure glad you, that uh, you know, that that 
I couldn't be more honored, more happy to see you as a, as a national national president. I've watched you over the years. The relationship you continue to have, even to this day, with the uh, you know with the Alexandria Police Department and uh, just all of the officers. You host a you host a luncheon with them every year. Just a, just truly, you know, they call you Mama Pat for a reason. Yeah. Uh, you, you're you're part of the part of a, a much larger blue family, and uh, what what an uh, what an inspiration to so many people. I'm, I'm really blessed is what I yeah, am. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. that these guys have really to be by our side, our whole family side for 20 years. Yeah. That not just our department, but others too. It's, yeah. it's the brotherhood. So Pat, you've taken it, that tragedy and turned it into, to, as I mentioned, an inspiration. But, but it also has elevated you to the position of national president of COPS, Concerns for Police Survivors. So for, for our viewers and listeners who may not know what COPS is, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, Concerns of Police Survivors. That um, we're, we're the families taking care of the families. That, um, that's our biggest mission is taking care of the families, taking care of law enforcement, coworkers that have been through an experience just like the families have been through. That um, it, it's been an amazing, amazing time these last two years being able to take care of the families and to be in the position of um, carrying this organization to its new home in Washington at the Washington Hilton. Yep. It's been an amazing two years of uh, on the onset of suicide in line of duty death that I am so honored to be a part of that particular thing that has been a part of my heart for a long time that um, I'm honored that I'm the one who gets to help. Yeah. Well, you you certainly, uh, you certainly make a difference. Um, As the president of cops, what what are your duties? That um, mostly um, taking care of people, um, Working with this incredible, incredible young lady who is our CEO named Diane Bernhard. Absolutely. That it is such an honor to work with her that I'm supposed to be her boss, that she's, she's, she's incredible. She works so hard uh, she, she for our organization. Does. And I that, have the opportunity to work alongside of her and could not be, uh, could, could not be more impressed by, uh, by her dedication and commitment to, to the mission of COPS. She... she she overdoes her, I mean, I, I don't know the words for Diane, to tell you the truth. Servant, servant's heart. She is the biggest servant's heart that yeah. she is, she is, and has to do everything over the top, over yeah. the top. Just, she's an amazing young woman, amazing young yeah. woman. I was on the board when we hired her nine years ago, and that uh, it has been it has really, really, really been yeah. a wonderful journey watching Diane grow with this organization, yeah. grow this organization, and um, the incredible leader that she is. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no doubt, no doubt. I, I'm, I'm very impressed by uh, just in a working relationship the uh, Fraternal Order Police and, and cops have has never been better. I mean, we uh, we, we truly are united in, in in making sure that the families, you know, when when somebody when somebody's lost in the service of others, we have a 
we have a responsibility to make sure that they're in their families, their yeah. memories and their families are never forgotten. And uh, I, I, I'm very proud of the work that we do together hand in hand uh, with too. cops. Yeah. I think it's been wonderful. Yeah. I think it's really been wonderful. There was a young man that was a big part of my life also, your dear friend, Tommy yeah. Tizard, that, you know, Tommy Tizard was a part of my healing. That yeah. Tommy's just putting his hand on your shoulder, getting a hug from Tommy. Yeah. That um, he, he was a big part of my healing, yep. Tommy Tizard. Great guy. Mm-hmm. Great guy. We, we, we have a long history, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, so, Pat, do. It, 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 you know, if we have a, a family that's, uh, that's coming to Washington, you know, in a couple of weeks to, to, for this memorial service, for these, for these workshops and just to bond together with others, uh, what, do you, what would you say, you know, help them, help them understand what, what, they're, what they're getting ready to walk into and, and, yeah. and what, although they may, and, and I'm sure they do, have apprehension of coming here just as you did, yeah. uh, what they can expect and what they'll take home with them. Well, I can, I can say on that first day coming in, just take your time. Take your time, um, enjoy your trip, That um, spend some time with your family. Once you get here, sit, go have dinner, have, have a good dinner, enjoy your family, and um, get ready to do the things that we have prepared for you to do for the rest of the week. That um, Do everything that we ask you to do. If you have a moment where you just need to get away, go sit. Go, go take a walk. There's lots of places around the new hotel that you can walk. You can go get a cup of coffee that, um, and then jump back in again. Yeah. That It's a lot. It's a whole lot. And it's okay to take some time for yourself outside of what's going on in the hotel. It's okay for you to need someone to talk to. And we have plenty of people there for every family member to talk to. And there's one thing you'll definitely take away. You're not alone. That's it. You're yeah. not alone. And um, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of stuff going on that um, uh, you need to eat, you need to drink, you need to rest, yeah. and spend time talking with people who get you, and they're going to be at this event. You're going to find the person who gets you is probably going to be your person for maybe the rest of your life, um, from the little children to the grandmas and grandpas that yeah. you're going to find somebody that you connect with and that's going to be in your grief journey forever. That. You know, Pat, for more than 40 years, the Fraternal Order Police has held their memorial service. And uh, this is part of a series. Uh, this, this podcast is part of a series of all of the moving parts of what makes up Police Week in the honor of our fallen. And, uh, and it's a small army that makes it happen. Uh, so as we break it down and look at all the different aspects uh, of what's uh, what it takes to to make this the meaningful event it is and i thank you for for sharing your your story with us uh, as well Um, if someone wants to know more about cops uh, how would they go about uh, uh, getting that information check out our website nationalcops.org there's lots of information on there and um, as a survivor if you're needing to just talk to someone, you can call the office. The phone number's on there. And uh, someone will sit and talk to you. Yeah. That if you're apprehensive about National Police Week, call. Someone will talk. I mean, you can call me. 
318-308-2850. I'd be happy to talk to you. That um, get, get connected. We're looking forward to every one of the new survivors to be at Police Week. We're, we're looking forward to help them through every event. And um, I know that those white chairs out on that Capitol ground are going to change their life. And some people say that um, it's the closure. I kind of look at it as the cap. You know, you can always open that back up again. Don't close it out. Yeah. Just let it cap off. And whenever you need a piece of that, you can open it back up and you'll use it forever. It's a, a great There's analogy. good stuff out there. That's a great analogy. Well, again, thank you for being such an inspiration to, to, to so many. I appreciate all the work that you do. And thank you for joining us on, on a podcast. It's my honor. It's my and, honor and, to be here. And to our viewers and listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Blue View Podcast, where we talk about the issues that are so vitally important to the men and women who suit up and show up every single day and make a difference in our communities. Thank you. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. To get the latest from the National FOP, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at GLFOP and on Instagram at FOP National. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.